Welcome. You're listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Visit us on the web at vedanta.org. Good morning. Very pleased to introduce to you our special guest, Swami Vimokshananda. Swami Vimokshananda is a senior monk of the Ramakrishna order, and he has worked all over India and all over the world. And he is now also quite well known because he is a, one of the few Swami bloggers. He has a blog, vimokshananda.com. Check it out. He joined the order in 1971 at our, center, our Kanpur Center, which is in North India. And then he also served in Itanagar, which is in the very northeast of India, where there's a big hospital center. And th- he served at the, our big hospital in Calcutta called Seva Pratishthan. And then he was at our Ranchi Sanatorium, which is a tuberculosis hospital in the rural areas of Bihar. And uh, then in 2007, he was sent to South Africa. And he served there until 2015. Then he was sent to Singapore. And he served in Singapore till 2018. And now he is just waiting for his visa to take up his duties at Dublin, Ireland. We have taken up a new center in Ireland. So he'll be uh, serving uh, the cause of Vedanta in Ireland. So uh, our with my pranams, uh, we welcome you, Maharaj. Your topic today, I believe, is Vedantic devotion. We look forward to your talk. Om Akanda Mandala Karam Vyaptam Yena Characharam Tatpadam Darshitam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Om Namo Bhagavate Sri Ramakrishna. My respected senior monastic brothers, sisters and my loving younger brother and also the dear devotees. It has been a wonderful experience of traveling through USA from the day I landed at Washington, D.C. I was thrilled to come to USA for one reason. From childhood days, when I came into contact with Swami Vivekananda's ideas, because I was studying in a school run by the Ramakrishna Mission in Chennai. From that time onwards, I was fascinated how Swami Vivekananda had come to ESA and he had a triumphant return to India and his clarion call to Indians to wake up. And then he stay in USA and how the U.S. people showed him the best hospitality that can be given at that time and how Swamiji was describing the people and their culture and their behavior in such glowing terms. So I thought, wherever Swamiji had gone, wherever his steps have fallen and all those places have become places of pilgrimage for me. You know, in India and other countries also you'll find every religion has got this principle of making pilgrimage. If you are a devotee of a particular religion, you are shown that these are the spots, the holy spots for us. Of course, the entire universe has sprung from God. Still, there are some special manifestations that you can feel in certain places. Like Indians very well know Banaras, Kashi, we say. It's a beautiful place. 
likewise, there are many places of pilgrimage. And for me, wherever Swamiji has gone and touched is a place of pilgrimage. So I had a deep desire to come to USA. And we have been, uh, when I would come, I did not know. Neither I aspired for any posting outside India. I was just in India, wherever our headquarters, Belurmat, sent me, I accepted. And suddenly one day they asked me to go to South Africa the first time. And then from there I was shifted after eight years nearly, I was shifted to Singapore. And now I'm waiting for Ireland posting. But then during this period of interregnum, I should say, of say a few weeks, I thought let me come to USA and go around the centers. So today is the last day for me in Los Angeles. I already, Mahayoganaji and Swami Sarvadevananji have arranged everything for me. I went to Santa Barbara yesterday, before that San Diego, and before that, uh, eh? yes, those things, all the places we saw, and <laughs> there are many places, <laughs> yes. And then also, I was really, surprised and then I was fascinated to see the people hearing and they want more. One hour talk was not enough for them. Not that they got attracted by my talks. The ideas of devotion that I was telling in each center, that appealed to most of them. I thought Americans are Vedantins. They are not going to listen to talk on bhakti. So, but then it was some completely difference. That's why here the topic is Vedantic devotion. You know, Vedanta means, what Vedanta means? Everyone knows. The student of Vedanta knows what is Vedanta. And we tend to go towards the knowledge path or the Jnana Marga. We tend to go in Vedanta. And we somehow identify the teachings of Acharya Shankara and teachings of Swami Vivekananda on Jnana Yoga. And they are the main pillars of Vedanta. Like that we think. But Swamiji himself, you know, Swami Vivekananda we call dearly Swamiji. That word is not used for any other Swami. Only in Ramakrishna circle, Swamiji means Vivekananda alone. And that Vivekananda himself says, if you want to progress spiritually, you must cast in the mold of Sri Ramakrishna. He gives a beautiful rule. And what is that mold of Sri Ramakrishna? It is a beautiful blend of the four yogas, he says. So Jnana Yoga, Raja Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Karma Yoga. All these four yogas are blended. How it is blended? In what proportion it is blended? Swamiji uses the word harmoniously. That's a beautiful word. All the four yogas are blended harmoniously. And then you cast yourself, your personality in the mold of Ramakrishna. And how you come out? You come out as a true Vedantin. You can be one-sided Vedantin also. But there is no bar for that. I have seen a Brahmachari who was with me in training center. He was so intense in doing his meditation. He said, well, karma yoga is not for me. Bhakti yoga is not for me. Not even Jnana Yoga. I want only Dhyana Yoga. That is Raja Yoga. And he left our order to practice deeper meditation in the Himalayas. Nothing wrong with that. We don't find it wrong. But that is not cast in the mold of Ramakrishna. Where four yogas are harmoniously blend. So when you come to the Vedanta centers, you understand that all the four yogas are given an opportunity to manifest within you. 
you have already those principles in your mind inherited from the past this devotional aspect perhaps is not overwhelmingly seen among the vedantic followers but it doesn't mean that they do not have the devotional traits so vedantic devotion is that devotion where you understand what is the final emancipation what is moksha you understand that and you work for that you strive for that and while striving for that you become devoted to your ideal so swami shivananda used to say gyana mishrit bhakti is our bhakti what is your bhakti when somebody asked him he is in the reminiscence of shivananda you will see our rule is gyana bhakti mishrito that means mixed of gyana and bhakti not merely a gyana path not merely a bhakti path there are paths of bhakti alone where singing the name of lord taking the japa of the lord and spreading the name of the lord and those things are done that is only bhakti movement is there but then gyana mishrita bhakti means where you understand who you are what is your true nature so vedantic wisdom comes here and the bhakti is been has been overlapped with the vedantic ideas so this this bhakti is something unique which is ramakrishna gave us sri ramakrishna was not a dry gyani neither he was a highly emotional bhakta when he used to be his personal god you know what was his personal chosen deity we all know is mother kali what a beautiful explanation mother kali is you know the concept itself i did three day workshop on mother kali in one place nearly 200 people attended and it was something wonderful i could speak every aspect of mother kali there and then you can see that people were simply charmed simply don't think mother kali is something like a like a demonic uh, goddess you know one boy came to me in south africa is that i like swami the deities of hinduism but one deity i cannot consider <laughs> i said what is the deity which you do not want to consider this kali she is a bloodthirsty i don't like her and she wants people to cut goats i don't want this bali you know it's called bali there is a term called bali bali means sacrifice so the sacrificing of the animals is done to her how a mother can ask for that i can't understand i asked him are you vegetarian or non vegetarian <laughs> he said i am a non vegetarian you can eat but your mother cannot eat <laughs> how is it he just looked at me and he said today i am having vegetarian food he said okay come with me and then so the idea about mother kali is not known even in india i tell you the majority of the hindus considered mother kali as something not in the mainstream it was given to sri ramakrishna who came on this earth to prove no she is a benevolent loving mother to remove the small small things that are putting a bad name to mother kali worship rather i would say to that extent that sri ramakrishna purified the tantric concepts and tantric methods for us so now she is very dear to us think of ramakrishna telling on the flight of steps in the dakshineswar temple you have been to dakshineswar then you can imagine that sri ramakrishna standing there holding the hands of mother kali singing and dancing how wonderful it was 
He was a great jnani. He realized himself and he went into Nirvikappa Samadhi in three days' time for which Dothapri, his tutor, had to spend six months. In three days' time, he, he understood who, who was he. That jnani dancing with Mother Kali, highly devotional, and he knew who was Mother Kali. When he used to say some beautiful words, Brahma Samaj leader, Keshav Shen, used to tell, Sir, your words are so wonderful. They're just gripping. And then when I go home, I remember these words. He said, My dear son, do I speak anything? It is she who gives me the words. It is she who is speaking through this voice. I don't speak anything. I do not know anything. See, immediately the devotion. The jnana at one side and devotion to another. They go parallel. Swami Acharya Shankara says, Bhakti is nothing but the enlightened jnana. And the enlightened jnana is the bhakti. So you can see that how wonderfully they can mix this. That's why in Shankara's tradition, the lot of hymns he wrote about different deities of the Hinduism. He has wonderful hymns on Lord Shiva, on Parvati, on Vishnu. And then he wrote even explanation to Vishnu Sahasranama. So we all read those things. If you want to have a uh, any hymn to be taken. You know, hymns are very good. You know, they are very good for us. In religious life, we are all asked to study some hymns to keep our personal devotion, you know, uh, going. And for that, hymns are... If you want to sit and you want to write a poem on the Lord, it's very difficult. You have to search for words. You have to search for ideas because we are not spiritually enlightened. But think of an Acharya Shankara. Think of such great saints like Kamala Kant, Ra, uh, everything, and then uh, Ram Prasad in Bengali literature. You'll find them. They are outpourings. Likewise, in Telugu, Tyagaraja. I used to hear from childhood Tyagaraja songs because my sisters were learning Karnatak music. So where the girls are learning, the boys cannot enter. That is the customary experience. So I had to sit in another room and I would make believe people that I am studying my books while I am hearing their songs and learning the ragas. And when my mother used to put some questions on ragas, hey, what is this raga? She would ask my sister, is it Kambodhi? My sister, before her answering, I would answer, this is this raga. Before, without going into the room of learning, you see. But then, this Tyagaraja songs, when I read now, I am stunned. The way their outpourings have come, nothing less than Ramprasad songs. You have in every language such outpourings. Even today that our Ramakrishna choir, here Vedanta choir has sang a beautiful song. So I told Maharaj, Mahayogananda, please give me the English version so that I can follow the words. And I found it so enlightening. Such beautiful songs are there in every language. And they are all, I say, repeat, outpourings of the heart, not the brain. And those hymns are so wonderful to repeat. I don't need to go. Suppose you want to have a milk and you are asked to purchase one cow and keep that cow in your room, in your house, and then tend to that cow and get the milk from it, it's wonderful. If you can do all sorts of things, wonderful. Or in a very simple matter, in two minutes, you go to your mall and get your packed milk, pasteurized milk you get. Everything is done. These hymns are like that. They are given to you in a clean platter. Hey, take this. So the hymns are, we remember that. You know, one... Christian joke is that I used to tell in South Africa. I think I can repeat that here. Two boys 
young boys, one six year old and eight year old, sitting with their parents in a church. And they are singing. So when the things are done, you have to, the moment one song is done, all will say Amen. So the younger boy is very, very studious and very intelligent boy. The elder one was little dull. Suddenly he asked his younger brother, said, every time they say Amen, Amen, why don't they say Amen? <laughs> the younger boy said, because they are all hymns, not hers. <laughs> so you find that, that hymns are very, very essential for us. They are very necessary. So you don't need to prepare anything. Ready-made hymns are available. You remember in the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna, how many times we see that Sri Ramakrishna is not singing his own song. He is singing Ramprasad's song, Kamala Khan's song. And he is asking Narain, hey, you sing that Iqbal's song? Like that he is asking Narain to sing. All others, because they are ready-made, all ready-made, they are known, God-known people. So their ready-made words are there. So they give potency. The potency is such that you repeat during the Durga Puja, which is coming now, in two, three weeks, Durga Puja is coming. Devi worship. What you do? Devi Mahatmyam. Such a wonderful book is there. And you recite hymns from that. Every day, Arati, we recite three verses from that wonderful tantric book called Devi Mahatmyam. Sarva Mangal Mangale Shive Sarvata Sadike. That you all know that. Three hymns, that three uh, verses. We sing from that book. So, these types of practices the, of devotion energize you and bring within you that devotional temperament. Everyone has got a devotional temperament. Is it not proper for us to cultivate it or to destroy it or to suppress it. So I say, please along with the knowledge, please cultivate the devotion also. How much devotion you can cultivate? How do you go there? Choose an idol. Choose an chosen ideal as it is called. Ishta Devata. And try to develop a relationship with that Ishta Devata. When I came here, you know, Swami Shiva, you all know him, and he is sitting here. I am very, you know, uh, enamored of his methods of coming and talking to me and telling me things. I was really pleased. You know, Swami Shiva has seen Swami Prabhanaji. This is the place where Prabhanaji started, and Prabhanaji was well known to the senior devotees here. I think some of you might have seen him also. The youngsters might not have seen him, but most of you must have seen him. And that Swami was very, very close friend of my guru, Swami Nirvanandaji, who was called Suji Maharaj. So Prabhanaji and Suji Maharaj were very close. So when I came here, you know, in all the places in Santa Barbara and San Diego, I told this incident to the congregations there. One wonderful thing happened here. When you come out of this temple, there is a tree. In that tree, there is an unseen or unseeable that one bell is hung there. That bell I went and touched. And then Swami Sarvadevanaji was standing there. I asked him, Maharaj, can you ring this bell? He said, well, nobody has rung so far. Well, you can do it, he said. So I went and rang the bell. It is such a beautiful small bell. And there... Swami Shiva was telling me, one day, with the outpourings of his heart, Swami Prabhanaji came out of this temple and stood near the tree. And he turned back, there he saw Sri Ramakrishna. And Sri Ramakrishna asked him, what did he ask? He said, do you ignore me? And Swami Prabhanaji was stunned. He immediately came back to temple. He sat there and wept before his chosen ideal. Oh Lord, 
why do you say i ignore you this must be his mental anguish i am just imagining that what he would have said after hearing these words from ramakrishna he would have said oh lord why do you think so what mistake i have done when did i ignore you all this this must have come think of swami premananda just now in the ante room i was sitting i saw premananda's photo immediately i remember this incident premananda in those days in belur mad sadhus were not having clothes you know enough clothes so if anybody comes and gives a dhoti that sadhu will take it and offer it to sri ramakrishna and put it on even today when new clothes come to us we offer it to sri ramakrishna and put it on so swami premananda ji was the manager of belur mat and he was sitting there one devotee from dhaka now bangladesh he came and he brought a dhoti for premananda ji and new dhoti to get was so difficult premananda was very happy he put it on the next day and whole day he was so happy because new clothes he has put it on you know when you wear a new clothes your mind changes your body gets into purified so fresh clothes you put on on your body you feel very joy and then he was very joyful whole day went with joy in the night he put out the dhoti and put on the old one and went to sleep he sleeping in the middle of the night he saw sri ramakrishna sri ramakrishna came and he said very lovingly said baburam baburam how are you and baburam says yes gurudev hesta estakul i am very well today you seem to be extraordinarily joyful master has seen that he is asking him baburam says yes master i am extraordinarily joyful because i got a new dhoti <laughs> new cloth i have got that's why then sri ramakrishna said to him well you have got new dhoti and you are very happy did you ever think of my dhoti disappeared he got up on his bed and sat what i am seeing is it true what is the meaning of this that did you think of my dhoti next adjacent room on brahmacharya was there who was in charge of the temple opening closing etc he went and knocked his door hey come out he said the brahmachari came maharaj what is to be done it's 2 o'clock midnight open the temple now he said maharaj 4 o'clock only mangal aarti before 4 3:30 we don't go there we don't open the temple premanji said no open now i want to go there and the brahmachari went open the doors of the temple and premanji went there he sat there looking at the dhoti that has been put on the photo of sri ramakrishna if you go to pelumat there is a old temple you know that where sri ramakrishna's picture is there and that was the original temple you know before the new temple came up and there premanji used to do worship there are so many things happened in that old temple even now when we go there we go and sit and meditate there so many wonderful things have happened swami ji had gone there when premanji was worshiping premanji says today i won't worship because swami ji is standing there maharaj you sit here and worship and swami ji sat there took all the flowers at one two hands with his big hands and poured all the flowers at one time and went into samadhi that very place is still there and there premanand is looking at the dhoti covered by covering the photo and then in front nothing is seen he removed the photo and looked behind and there a small mouse is sitting and biting the clothes there <laughs> he saw i did not take care of master you see devotion takes you the worship on a picture or image from from that state to a higher level where the photo is not a mere photo an image is not a mere image 
is something wonderful yesterday i was telling about my gurudev who instructed me on one important point i was in tennis and i will repeat it here of course my devotees from south africa were traveling with me everywhere they are listening to the same thing they may get bored but i tell you that because it is very important for devotion how do you internalize your chosen ideal and then how do you take out from you and put outside and see in everyone seeing god in everything you know we speak from the stages is it so easy unless you internalize him you have not internalized the god within you you have not realized the atman within you and you want to see atman everywhere outside it is impossible so in training center when i was there i'll give you another incident where i got the doubt whether sri ramakrishna is living or not i am not going to details as as i went yesterday in santa barbara i will put in briefly this doubt struck me it made me sleepless for three nights i, I couldn't eat for three days is sri ramakrishna living for whom i left my home and heart is he there or not this question you know came up due to discussion in the classroom we have several brahmacharis sitting together and we are discussing about the avatar etc and we got this doubt and with this doubt i am assaulted with this doubt and i didn't know what to do i went and had my bath in the ganges and looked up my gurudev was standing there suji maharaj was standing so i went up i went to his room by the time he came into his room and sat on his sofa i made shastang pranam to him no whole body pranam i made and touched his feet he looked at me and put his hand on my shoulder and trying to get up from the seat so i helped him to get up from the seat he's old already 82 and he was walking slowly slowly to the window and he stood there i have not talked to him i have not asked anything to him only my mind i am thinking is ramakrishna living or not and he is asking me at that time dak ki dekhish ekane in bengali he asked what do you see here i said maharaj ami thakurer shoyan ghorta dekhchi i tell him maharaj i see the sleeping room of sri thakur if you go to belur math in the rear side you can see in the top of it there is a sleeping room of sri ramakrishna there is a steps flight of steps go to his room and the steps start from the main image where some thakur's image is there behind that there is two doors you can see that one door if you open there is a step he said to me look every day before mangalarati i come here and stand i look through this window do you know what i see sri ramakrishna getting up from his bed coming down through the stairs and getting into the temple merges his spirit on the image that is there how can you see sri ramakrishna outside if you are not internalized this is a question a devotional aspect is nothing to be ridiculed devotion is a must and by devotion we try to internalize the chosen deity outside and then bring that that the deity inside and then you manifest the deity outside in everything simply i tell you see god in everything you can't have you seen god within yourself in eternal companion brahmananji again and again asks to do sadhana again and again why by doing sadhana only we can realize god within and then only manifesting that god outside comes straight away you cannot go and see somebody as god unless you have yourself yourself realized that that's why swami ji gave a clarion call and he said each soul is potentially divine do you understand that you are divine Do you ever feel that? 
if you don't feel divine you will not behave in a divinely manner if you don't feel divine you will not get the divine qualities within you all the qualities are there but you do not know how to manifest your divine qualities because you are not feeling you are divine a small girl again another christian joke held a small girl came from a school ran to her mom mom was busy cooking the evening supper and she said mom today ma'am taught us how the first man came so the mom said is it so my dear tell me what did your ma'am teach she said man came from monkey she taught us okay is that what she taught okay what do you think the girl asked her mom mom said well i don't think so i think as a devout christian god created the first man not the monkey so man came from god she said but the girl got confused because in the school they are teaching darwin's philosophy no and then you come back to the home and here mother says god created man so how it is so she was waiting for her dad then dad comes in the evening and then she runs to her dad said dad tell me how the first man came then he asked what did the teacher teach you teacher said i came the first man came from monkey exactly so first man came from monkey we are all the descendants of chimpanzees he said and the girl got more confused because father and mother both are at divergent views so she ran to her mom again mom mom dad also says what ma'am said now ma'am has to uh, mom has to protect herself she said do you know he told about his lineage i told her about my lineage <laughs> think for one second you are divine lineage you are quiet here composed cool but think for one moment you are from chimpanzee will you be sitting like this you will be jumping around so what you think you are you become it is gita's words so think of that you are divine you become divine and the moment slowly slowly you have the feeling that you are divine and your chosen ideal is within your heart then you will manifest those qualities and those qualities are not like uh, different diseases they also infect and they also also infect these good qualities will infect others all around you the people who are against you the people who are planning uh, so many things negatives against you they all will slowly slowly started changing and changing and changing only by your prayer so the questions comes you know to us that how it is so wonderful that in our society i am meeting with so many people who are ill tempered who are hated to me how do i live live in this world so the devotion says think yourself as divine and manifest the divinity outside and see everyone as divine and they will also behave accordingly if you manifest five good qualities there will be 100 bad qualities coming up in your mind that is what all in the gist mahabharata is nothing but five good thoughts versus Hundred bad thoughts, pancha pandavas, and here hundred kauravas. That's all. It's so easy to interpret Mahabharata. You see, five good thoughts could not win on their own. They had to keep somebody with them, and that someone was the Lord Himself. When that great supreme being came as Krishna. and that krishna was was with them and the five pandavas could win so should we not have devotion to our chosen ideal whom we think he should with me all the time problems come you know problems are gallo it comes not even 
one, two, like that, comes in a train, Swamiji says. A big train, long train. It's a goods train I was seeing in one place. An American goods train I saw. Out of how many, 46 or 47 uh, goods, you know, they comp not compared, what they are called? Carriages. Huh? Carriages. Carriages are being moved by two engines. So you can see that the problems come together. But how do you come out of that? And don't you see Pancha Pandavas, how many problems they faced? Along with their wife, Draupadi, and mother Kunti. And Kunti says, last moment, Kunti is going along with Dhritarashtra to forest to retire after the Pancha Pandas become king. Sri Krishna comes to her and asks her, Hey, auntie, now you are leaving for forest today. I am so happy with you. I want to grant you something. Kunti says, Oh Lord, actually, he is too young to Kunti. But still she addresses him as, Oh Lord. Because she knew who was Krishna. It was not a mere relationship there, but he was a Lord. So she says, Oh Lord, you gave me trouble from my childhood onwards. When I was two years old, I was living with my parents and Kunti Raja, Kunti Boj Raja came to our home and asked my father, can you give this little sweet girl for me? Because I don't have a child. You separated me from my, from my parents. And I was living with Kunti Raja. And I got the name Kunti. And every time my foster mother used to poke me. Ah, in your house it is something done like that. But in our place it is done like this. She would correct me like that. Every time she would remind me, I am not her daughter. I grew up. At the age of 16, Vishwamitra Rishi comes and I do seva to him. And then he gives me a mantra which a playful mood. I used it. Lord's son came and gave me a son. Unmarried, unwed mother I am. I got a baby now in my hands. I didn't know what to do. First child of a woman is very precious. That is the first time she has become a mother. You can understand, they are becoming a mother is the greatest an event in a woman's life. And she has got the first child in her hands and she had to put it in a basket and send it in the river. She could never own that child as her own. What a tremendous sacrifice and what a trauma for Kunti and she one by one she is telling to Krishna you only gave me all those troubles as a lord of this universe you know everything Krishna and now you want to console me you want to give me something what you can give me you have given me suffering after suffering after suffering but Krishna says no, my auntie, I must give you something. My heart is full today. Ask me something. Anything in the universe you ask, which is impossible, I will give you. Then she says, Oh Lord, give me the stamina, the courage to face the sufferings. I won't ask you not to give me sufferings, but give me the strength to suffer the sufferings. By that only sufferings can be conquered. If you go away from suffering, it is not going to go away from you. It will chase you. But if you suffer the suffering, the suffering is over. Give me the strength to suffer. That is what I want from you. Swami Vivekananda says about Kunti's prayer, there is no higher prayer than this in any literature of the world, he says. Can you imagine? Asking for suffering from Lord. We generally go to Lord and ask for to remove the sufferings. But here is Kunti who says, give me sufferings because it is your wish. On your wish I do walk. So you wish that I should suffer? Yes, I shall suffer. 
but don't collapse me don't drown me rather give me the suffering the strength to suffer the sufferings what a beautiful way that kunti puts it this is the highest devotion it's vedantic devotion i call it so with these few words thank you everyone for patiently hearing me even one gentleman said he has got some urgent work he has to leave but i didn't find anybody leaving this hall you are all quietly sitting thank you for that om shanti 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 hari om tasat shri ramakrishna arpanamastu yes yes thank you mahayogananda for reminding me well i also knew her and she was wonderful lady i invited her when i was in ranchi for jagaddadri puja that lady's devotion i saw perhaps outwardly she was like any other woman just jolly speaking speaking and then talking to everyone and always happy and smiling face and she would say whatever i would tell her you see this is the biggest tree in the ashram say oh wonderful like that she would say and said see this small girl this she comes and attends our prayers oh what a wonderful like that she would always be in a, a you know excellent mood to please and praise everything and she was with me i told her we have a jagaddhatri puja divine mother in the form of mother kali divine mother in the form of durga divine mother in the form of manasa like that divine mother has got many forms saraswati lakshmi like many forms but there is one form which is not well known outside bengal is jagaddhatri so in that form we do worship in ranchi sanatorium so when she came accepting my invitation she was put in a in our guest house from there nearly half a mile over she has to walk to the puja place and morning mangalarati is there we all have gone leaving her in the uh, guest house and we didn't know whether she got up or not so we didn't disturb her and because she is a foreign woman whether she would get up 3 o'clock and come i we didn't expect that so let her take rest because only yesterday night she has come we left her and then she says she was there in the mangalarati time so during the breakfast time she is telling me maharaj today something wonderful i experienced which i never had anywhere what is that i am thinking of mother jagadatri the divine mother's form because you have sent me the photo i am looking at the photo and thinking about her and slept away today morning at 3 o'clock i got up had my bath and put on sari she used to wear sari in india and put on the sari and i started walking towards the puja hall it was dark 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 no light is there on the street and i was let fear gripped me i am alone in this road half a mile i have to walk now slowly i am walking suddenly i will read this line you then you can correlate thou my best thought by day or by night waking or sleeping thy presence my light what a beautiful sentence she says when i read this i remembered what a wonderful thing she says maharaj i am walking there with a the fear how do i reach there and alone suddenly i saw a light mother jagadatri was walking in front of me all my fear gone i was so strong i could see the light figure was walking in front of me and i followed i reached just before mangalarati you see that is the devotion you take the picture of a deity and sit before it and internalize it that deity comes out now otherwise it don't come out if you want to see krishna you can't see have you internalized krishna you can see because lord gives you another body that's what chaitanya used to say it is a spirit body that he gives you he gives a different eyes to you different ears different nose and the whole body is different and with that 
you can hold the hands of mother kali as sri ramakrishna did and danced that spirit body is what is going to communicate with that deity that is the vedantic devotion we say thank you very much You've been listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Thanks for listening.